Welcome to the Grass-Fed Podcast with husband and wife team Nabil Boomrar and Caitlin Weeks. Caitlin is a certified nutrition consultant and the creator of grassfedgirl.com. Nabil is a classically trained chef who works in a five-star hotel in downtown San Francisco. They are the best-selling authors of Mediterranean Paleo Cooking. Together, Nabil and Caitlin answer your questions about healthy cooking and wellness while helping you learn to enjoy a relaxed, paleo-primal lifestyle. Here are your hosts, Caitlin and Nabil. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Grassfed Podcast. We are so excited to be here today. Actually, Grassfed Chef is here with me today, and we're going to talk all about our latest adventure. We went to Thailand. And Yay, Thailand! I'm ready to go back. Yeah, we had a, a break from our podcast for a while, but we're back, and hopefully we'll be bringing them to you every month. And uh, we wanted to just tell you about all the sights and sounds and, of course, eats of Thailand and how you can stay healthy and eat gluten-free and mostly paleo while you're in Thailand to give you some tips about that. So... We're going to go through our trip uh, city by city and tell you what we did and all the highlights. So welcome, Grassfed Chef. How have you been? I've been traveling all around. I spent 2017 all away from home. <laughs> so January, I went to Algeria, North Africa, came back, spent a week here at home. Then we went for a month to Thailand Came back one day. I went to Cuba. Yeah, well, don't don't talk about that trip. We'll save that for another podcast. All right, Cuba. I mean, Thailand. It was really nice. A long trip, about thirty hours to get there, but it was worth it. Every step of the way. Yeah, we had a great time. So we flew from Nashville. We flew to Detroit. And then we went from Detroit to Seoul, Korea. And that was the longest flight I've ever been in. It was the longest <laughs> flight of my life. I had actually flown to Australia before, so I thought, oh, it's not gonna be a big deal, but it was it was really horrible. I think I was about to lose my mind. And I didn't read the itinerary. I think that was actually a good thing because if I had known, I might have freaked out worse. But uh, I watched about six movies on the way, so any new movie that there might be out, I've seen it. <laughs> and, and I walked laps around the plane, and um, I called ahead, and I got us gluten-free meals for the plane, and that was pretty good. And we got to Korea. We had about 30 minutes to change planes, so we were hoofing it from one part of the airport to the other, going through customs, and then... Uh, grabbing the other plane so we were we got to the other gate so we didn't get to look around the airport or anything we just got right on the other plane and then we had no idea but then they told us so oh, it's another five hours to thailand so we were like uh we thought we were in Wait. asia so we thought we were there but we were wrong you thought, you thought i read about it so i knew it was five hours but you know not telling you was a smart idea <laughs> Yeah, I don't need to know. Some things I don't need to know until I need to know them. I don't, <laughs> I try to just deal with one step at a time. But anyway, then we got to, uh, we got to Bangkok about midnight. 
something like that. And we got a taxi to our, we took, we like to stay in Airbnbs whenever we can because they have a refrigerator, they have a um, kitchen sometimes. And this one was really nice, but it was a little bit further out of the city than we had anticipated. I think the first one I booked, well, quote unquote booked, it was, um, I thought I had booked it, but you know how sometimes you don't finish the transaction? Well, anyway, so I had to rebook a new Airbnb that day, and uh, or the day we left, and I booked one that was a little too far out of the city. But it wasn't that bad, and of course it was really nice, really safe, really clean. It was a new, just like a studio apartment, and um, it had good Wi-Fi and stuff. So we tried to stay on schedule and just sleep that night, and then... Um, get up the next day and sightsee, and that worked pretty well, but the, the second day we got kind of mixed up, and we accidentally went to sleep at 5, and we woke up at 11 p.m. Yeah, that was one of the big mistakes. I mean, usually I don't do that because I travel overseas so many times, but, you know, when you're tired, then your brain doesn't function as well as you should, so... I mean, from our experience, please do not sleep at 5 p.m. because there's no way you're going to recover from the plane. So try to survive until maybe 7 or 8 p.m. Then you go to sleep. Yeah, and then you can sleep at least till maybe 5 in the morning or 4 in the morning or something. It's really difficult. Of course, I use my oils like cedarwood and lavender to help me get my circadian rhythms uh, back on track, but, um, and also, you know, earplugs, eye mask, dark curtains, all those things help, but once you've been on the plane, you get really messed up, because you're changing all those time zones, and, um, it takes a couple days to get back to normal, but the first day, we, we went sightseeing all around Bangkok, and one of my favorite things was the, uh, taking the little ferry down the the river, everything's pretty much on the river, so it just stops and you can get off wherever you want and look at the, they have a lot of um, Buddhist temples, and with the Buddhist temples, you don't want to, you have to cover up, so it's pretty hot, it's about 85 degrees, but you have to cover up your arms and your legs, uh, so make sure you dress accordingly, maybe like a flowy skirt or um, a short sleeve t-shirt, something like that. Uh, so that you don't have to, um, they'll give you clothes to borrow if you don't have any. So I did that a couple places because I forgot. Uh, and the best thing is that the food is just everywhere. There's food, there's food trucks or, you know, little food carts. Um, there's just so much opportunity to eat. <laughs> you won't have one second where there's not something in your face to eat or buy. So that is really great because you're always hungry and you're always thirsty because it's hot. And so we're just always getting some little snack or something. And there's a lot of cold fruit. There's a lot of smoothie, smoothies. People make their smoothies right there on the, on the street. And you can order exactly what you want in the smoothie. So one thing with smoothies is make sure that you get no... Uh, they put this syrup in it. And you want to make sure... It looks like water some if you're not paying attention... So just say, you know, you want the fruit, but no syrup or no sugar. They understand the word sugar. There is quite a language barrier. 
but they understand the word sugar, so no sugar, no sugar, they'll, they'll understand. And just say water, ice, and you, know, you have to be a little bit careful about the, um, the water. It's kind of like Mexico. You want to be careful about your stomach, and you don't want to pick up any friends that you don't want in your stomach. So um, we were really careful at first, but then we just forgot about it because we were so hot and so thirsty. And we didn't get sick. We had our Digi's with us, our Digi's essential oil. So we took that every day, and that helped us stay um, well in our digestive system. So definitely take that with you on your trip. What did you like about Bangkok, Grassfed Chef? What I like about Bangkok is everything around you. You don't have to worry about any place you're going. So basically, any place you get, there's food around you, there's anything you need. And there's so many restaurants. And like she said about the, the smoothies, the smoothies are in the street and it costs you about 50 cents. Yeah. So you can, you can, you know, fill up with a smoothie just by itself. But the food, the food scene, the restaurants, especially in Bangkok, they don't close until 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. So all the restaurants are busy. They have really good food. And the busy restaurants is always, that's mean fresh food coming in and going out. So it's easier. The only problem with Bangkok is too many people. Yeah, it's very busy. A lot of little, um, uh, little motorcycles, little like Vespa type scooters. It's loud. Uh, so we weren't, we didn't want to stay there very long, but we were glad we went and we tried it out. Uh, we lived in San Francisco for ten years, so we're kind of cityed out, and we don't like to stay much in the cities. But we loved the experience, and it was a good place to kind of acclimate our circadian rhythms and everything and definitely if we were going to go again I would say closer into the um closer to the river in the main part of the city than I than we did because it was a little bit of a pain to get a tuk-tuk so we took tuk-tuks which is like basically a little almost like a golf cart on a scooter sort of thing so you sit in the back and it can hold two people in the back, and then they has a driver in the front, and they take you wherever you want to go. It's pretty cheap, but um, you definitely don't want to stay too far out of town on a tuk-tuk. You don't want to take a tuk-tuk on the interstate, so... You'll <laughs> be the only one on the interstate with a tuk-tuk. <laughs> yeah. The only thing is uh, a tip about that. You have to bargain with them. And they always go down. They will never, you know, stay with the same price. So if you bargain with them and you step away from them for about 10 seconds, they will call you back and say, okay, I'll take you with the price you want. Yeah, so just start high and go, just keep going lower and, you know, within reason. Uh, and then the, with the taxis, ask for the meter or, or negotiate the rate before you go, and, and then they'll stick with it pretty good. But we found the Thai people were just so, so friendly. And most of the, most, no one we ran into, I mean, we only had one bad experience where we got kind of, was like a tourist trap. We got talked into this um, floating market. So we love outdoor markets. We love farmer's markets. But we don't like a lot of shopping shopping. We like more food, of course. So we got talked into this uh, floating market, and it was really not... I thought it was some sort of authentic thing, 
but it really wasn't. It was a more of a shopping market, and it was really just made up. It was like somebody built it. So there's basically like these little uh, channels, and they put you in this little boat, and they just take you to these little like rafts, and they try to sell you stuff. But it's like mostly gar, and it's just mostly crap, and. We got taken on this long ride, and so that was really the only thing that happened to us that I'd say was pretty much a tourist trap, and it was kind of overpriced, and the whole thing. So if you get taken to a... We didn't read about it or anything. We just kind of took our taxi driver's word for it, and that was our mistake. We should have investigated it more and read and everything, but I don't know. That was like one of our first days, and we just weren't really on the ball. So don't fall for the floating market scam. And uh, the thing is, it's not the market who's floating. You're the floating one. You're the floating. So basically, you are going to be, I mean, it must it must have a different one because some pictures, it shows that the vendors are sitting in the little boat and selling to others. But the one we went to, it was about an hour and a half away from Bangkok. And when we got there, we're the one who was floating, and the shops were on the ground. So it didn't make any sense. At the same time, they have some kind of deal between the guy who's... The taxi driver. I mean, not, not the taxi. I'm talking about the boat driver. The boat driver and those uh, shops, he stops next to them, and you will be facing them and them trying to sell you something. Yeah. You cannot run away. You're under control of the, the boat driver. So basically, start in the beginning, just tell them, I do not want to buy anything like a souvenir or whatever because <laughs> it's really expensive. I mean, whatever you find it for 50 baht outside, at that market, it will be 300. So just be careful. Yeah, I mean, it I like the little boats and I like the breeze <laughs> that you got. But there was definitely, our taxi driver definitely was getting like a kickback for taking us there and the whole thing. And then, of course, they try to sell you the pictures they took of you and all that. So it's really just kind of crappy. But <laughs> we weren't in danger or anything, I don't think. So it could have been a lot worse. And um so we went from Bangkok, we left from Bangkok, we went on the airplane. So it's good to get a flight around Thailand if you're if you're short on time. If you have a lot of time, then maybe you don't mind sitting in a bus or in a train or something. But we really didn't want to waste any time. And the flights, if you book them ahead, are really cheap. So I think we got, I think we got two flights. We went on Air Asia from um, Bangkok to... Uh, Chiang Mai. Oh, First stop after Bangkok was Chiang Mai. It's a, a town up north. It's really a nice town. And Chiang Mai means the new town in Thai. So basically, I mean, when you got in any boat of those boats, they will explain it to you. When we took some uh, cooking classes and they, they explained Chiang Mai to us. So Chiang Mai is in the north. It's in the mountains. It's a little cooler because they have a breeze coming off. Um because they're in a higher altitude and all that. So it's really nice, and um, we liked it a lot. We stayed in, they have an old city wall around, like, the ancient part of Chiang Mai, and 
We stayed just outside of that. We stayed there about three days, four days in a little guest house. And a guest house is basically just a motel. Uh, it does, it's just like one room. So we had one room and then it, we had our, a bathroom in the room. And it was about 20 bucks a night. And it was just totally, it was totally fine. Uh, it's just kind of hard when you're staying with one person in the room and you only have one room and like your sleep is all messed up. And so one person wants to stay up and the other person wants to go to sleep and you're trying to get like acclimated. And then I would sit outside, but then I'd get mosquitoes. So I got to use my, um, I use my purification to enjoy the out outdoors annoyance free. So that was nice, but um, we really liked having like a one-bedroom apartment a little better because then one person could be awake and then the other person could sleep. And if you have like a wall in between you, then that helps a lot. But we enjoyed the location. It was really close to a lot of um, massage. They have massage parlors all over Thailand, but they're not well, some of them are, but mostly they're just regular massage. They give you foot massage or back massage. It's nothing um, erotic about it um, that we saw. So we like those a lot. And they were about six bucks for an hour. So it was a really good deal. And we enjoyed that to just relax after maybe you went sightseeing all day or something like that. And every town has uh, a night night market and that's where you want to do you go out at night most of those market closes at midnight so you can go and they have food inside they have you know um, vendors uh, and... i mean everything you want you I mean you go to the night market you spend all night there you drink you eat you shop then in every exit of the market itself there is transportation. You will find a tuk-tuk or a taxi or anything. So for us, we stayed about 10-minute walk to the... Night market. Night market. And so was, we didn't, we didn't every have... every night, I think. It's, um, night market is every night when it comes to Chiang Mai. I mean, Everywhere. other places, <laughs> they do the same thing, but they just change maybe the neighborhood. But it's in the same town, like uh, Koh Samoy or something. Every one of the things that's uh, different about Thailand than the U.S. maybe is like life is outside. So everything is outside. There's no inside outside. It's like life is all happening outside. So it's that's a really big difference from the USA <laughs> for sure. So I mean everything's just going on outside all the time. So that was pretty cool. We love the food and there's just so much food every like we said and in, in your face all the time. And one of our favorite things we did in Chiang Mai was we booked a cooking class. So we saw this cooking class near our um, hotel, and it was called Arroy Arroy. And we saw some good reviews. I, we use TripAdvisor mostly. They don't have Yelp, much to my chagrin. <laughs> I was freaking out because they didn't have Yelp. So I had to readjust to TripAdvisor and also Google um, Google Maps and Google, a lot of ratings on Google works together with the Google Maps. So I had to use that because he didn't have Yelp. And um, I found a lot of, of opportunities for things on there and reviews, and that was helpful. So the first one was their Roy Roy cooking class, and it was right on the river. So it was really nice because the river, they took us down the river on a little boat, and then we got some 
a tour of the of a market of a farmers market and then we came back to the class and it was just a really nice kitchen it was open air and we got to cook several different dishes what was your favorite dish that we made that day uh, we made the pad thai and it was really nice i mean the way they cooked the pad thai was really authentic and really easy to understand so i think I think that was the best thing we had, but we made, of course, in every class we took uh, the papaya salad because it's so easy. And I showed you they, you know, show you the tools they use and how to do it and why you start with this and why you don't use other stuff. So basically, it was really nice, and we made uh, sticky rice and mango for dinner for dessert. It was beautiful. The only the only funny thing was. The owner of that place in Chiang Mai is from North Carolina. And oh, yeah. I, thought, I thought it was pretty funny that we went from Nashville all the way to Thailand and we end up taking a cooking class at, you know, an American place. I mean, the chef was Thai. I mean, the owner of the place is American. So it was really, really amusing to me. And... um. The other thing was the, what was that dish, the North, the North, uh, it's kind of like a pad thai, but it has noodles. It's called khao soy. I think it's called khao soy. And um, so it's basically like a curry, but they put it over noodles. And I got some gluten-free noodles with mine, and that was really good. So it's like a curry over noodles. And then they put like some kind of fried some kind of fried noodle on the top but I just said no for that and then um, one of the things they do to sub out is they give you fish sauce rather than soy sauce because I asked for gluten-free substitutions on my station because you have your own little station and you get to cook everything yourself and so I really like that because they made those and that was on the brochure which is one of the reasons why I booked it so one of the things you really want to watch out for in uh, Thailand is soy sauce. So if you're really gluten sensitive, you're going to have a hard time because there is soy sauce in everything. And even though they don't have to use it, and that's what we learned in the, the Thai cooking classes, is that they don't use soy sauce, that you can use fish sauce in most of the recipes, but sometimes there's just, people just use soy sauce probably just because it's easier, cheaper. I don't know why, but um, so just if you take a cooking class, make sure and ask for them to use fish sauce or them to make gluten-free alterations. And also I ask for a different cooking oil because I really don't like cooking with uh, vegetable oil. And they didn't mind giving me um, like a light olive oil to cook with or they had coconut oil for me. And that was really nice. And I love that because it made me really enjoy my food a lot more. Okay, so on the second part of our time in Chiang Mai, we switched over to a different part of town, which is more of the digital nomad part of town. It's called like, I don't know how to, I can spell it for you, but it's like Neiman Rogue. It's like N-I-H-M-A-N, but it has like extra vowels. Um, so that is it's what it sounds like to me. And uh, we switched over there because I found a place that was a little bigger. So we would have a kitchen and we would have a, a living room and a bedroom. And it was about $50 a night. And it was a little nicer. It had a free breakfast. So a big free breakfast. So we had 
um, like poached eggs every day and soup and tea and it was it was good. They have a lot of soups for breakfast, <laughs> so we enjoyed you know filling up on that. And then they had um, fruit, and so we just get some nice eggs and fruit, and it was it was a good value. And we enjoyed the location. It was kind of like it reminded me of like the San Francisco of Chiang Mai. It was a little more upscale, a little less touristy than the other part that we were in before. And when we were over there, we saw a different cooking class brochure called Thai Garden Farm. And that had a organic garden with it. So we thought that would be really fun. And we had five days, six days there. It was a little... Um, so we were like, well, let's take another cooking class because that's what we love to do is cook. And what was what did you like about that cooking class? That cooking class, I mean... Uh, the, the the chef is the one who does the whole thing. He comes and picks you up with the van. He takes you to the farm. He shows you all the ingredients. And, I mean, we went and bought our own ingredients. So, in the way to the farm, we stopped in the middle. We had, we, we brought some. You, you, you make your menu while you're, he's driving you up to the farm. Then you stop at the, the produce market, you buy some, the ones he doesn't have in his farm, so you buy some of the, the ingredients, then when you get to the farm, you start making food. It's a five-course menu, and you make everything for yourself. So <clears throat> you go to your station, you cook about three courses, then you stop, you eat the three courses, then he... Sorry, he takes you to the farm. When you go to the farm, he explains to you every ingredient you're using in your in your food. So there was so many ingredients he has, and the farm it was not big. It was maybe two thousand two thousand square foot, and that was it. And everything comes out of it. He has fish. He had all the plants. So you're learning while. I mean, you just ate it and you're learning at the same time. Then you go back after you rest for about 10 minutes on a table. You go ahead and you make the other two courses. And you're allowed to take them to go. You're allowed to keep them there. Whatever you want. If you want to eat them. So what we did, most of the group we were with, we saved one entree and we ate the dessert. So all of us end up having dinner at the same time. Yeah. So and so you have your whole meals for the whole day included in the price. So it's a pretty good value. And one of the things I liked most about that one was we actually made the curry paste so with a mortar and pestle. So you put all the ingredients of the curry paste into a stone mortar and pestle and you just pound it out. Until Caitlin got tired. Yeah. Yeah. And then I said, Nabil, finish this for me. So I love that. And just the guy who... This is the website is www.cookingchangmai.com and he was just amazing. He had a special certification to teach tourist Thai cooking and um, his little farm was just beautiful and he had a fish pond and you could just tell he really loved what he was doing and it was just he and made he takes he takes people I mean all the groups pictures and put post them on his website. So basically You'll have your pictures on the website. Do you like it or not? 
<laughs> but just, you know, his love of cooking, you know, transfers over to you. Of course, we already love cooking. And you get to know everyone in the group, too. So it's really fun. We had a, people from Australia. We had people from... Um, we had people from England. We met some girls from Chicago. Most of the people in, when we met in Thailand were not American. They were from either from Europe or there was a lot of people from China and people from... I'm assuming Thai, food, Thai people, they don't take Thai classes. Probably not. <laughs> um, and then, so we really like Chiang Mai, but it's definitely a city environment as well. And we were ready to get out of the city Oh, but one thing, one more thing we did in Chiang Mai that was really cool was we did the zip lining. So we took the zip lining thing up. They take you out of the city, which we liked, and then you go kind of almost into a rainforest, and you go really high up, and you take all these uh, platforms, and you slide from one to the next. And at first, I was really freaking out, but then I got into it, and I calmed down, and it was a really fun day. And they made you feel really safe with the, all the harnesses. And you felt like your guides really knew what they were doing. And the cool part of every, t every time we had a tour, the food was amazing. Like the big buffet for lunch. Yeah. When you take, when you take this I mean, uh, excursion, they always give you breakfast and lunch. Breakfast and lunch is included no matter what. <clears throat> so, is, I mean, just go ahead... Wake up in the morning. Uh, if you have it free at your hotel, I mean, it's up to you. You want to eat it there or eat it at the other place. But they always offer the water, offer coffee, offer tea. And lunch is for everyone. And have like four or five, I mean, four items or five items. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's always, there's a curry, has meat in it. There's vegetables on the side. So if you, if you want, you know, vegetarian meal. But they always have this stuff. And there's and a lot of, and of course you get a rice. There's rice on everything, so it's like steamed rice. So, you know, rice is gluten-free, so that's a good option. And sometimes this food is spicy, so the rice helps with the spiciness, you know. And they eat rice, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of rice is always on offer, and, um, but there's always a lot of vegetables in all the in all the meals and. There is, they always give you a, a lot. So we were never hungry. And But like I said, if you are really gluten sensitive, you probably need to ha stay in an Airbnb and then cook your own meals if you are celiac or something like that. And that goes across the board even wherever you're staying because, you know, if you're that sensitive, you really need to cook for yourself so you know exactly what's in it. Or, you know, um, because there, in, in Asia... Well, in Thailand, I haven't been to much of other parts, but there is a language barrier, so it's really difficult to... I tried a couple times. I used my app on my phone, the, the Celiac Card app, and uh, the people, it's kind of difficult because they really want to please you, and so they tend, it seems like they tend to just say yes to everything, and it's hard to know if you can if they're really understanding what it says and then if they're implementing, sometimes they just don't know what, they don't know what gluten is. So it's, they, and they want to make you happy. So it's, it's challenging. So if you're not super sensitive, you know, you might get a little bit of gluten uh, in your soy sauce, but otherwise you'll be okay. 
Um, because most of the food is naturally gluten-free. I mean, unless it's something obvious, like a fried spring roll or something like that. You know it's going to have flour if it's... Um, and, and we found a couple places. Chiang Mai's kind of like hippie, dippy, hipster. So we found a couple places that we really liked uh, that was good for breakfast. Like the Blue Diamond uh, was this really cute breakfast place we went. They had gluten-free bread and gluten-free that pancakes. That was nice. That was nice, though, but, I mean, if if you don't have enough time, don't try to do those because you have those kind of restaurants and coffee shops here in the States. That's yes, true. That is, that is true. It's a, good, it's a good thing to do, but some people go there for five, six months at a time, staying in, you know, in Thailand, so it's okay for them to go to those places, but if you are traveling and you want to experience the places... I mean, it's exactly the same food you eat in the States or you eat anywhere you are. So, I mean, in my opinion, it's, it's better to avoid those places only if you're staying for too long. Cause it, and, and they're pricey compared to Thai food. Yeah, exactly. If you want to save money, eat Thai food. If you want to spend money, you're going to... If you want to eat American food or anything else that's not Thai food, it's going to cost you a lot, so... That is something to really be aware of. Uh, they had also the... There was another place we went in Chiang Mai that we ate that was really cute. Do you remember the name of it? It was like Farm to Table. Well, I'll put it in the show notes, so make sure and go to the show notes over at grassfedgirl.com. And, um, but make sure and use Google... They'll have a lot of, just put in gluten-free restaurants wherever you're at in Thailand, and it will pop up. The next stop we did was uh, Krabi, and that was one of the biggest mistakes we made. Uh, we went, oh, I'm sorry, I said Krabi, uh, to Kosomoy. And the biggest mistake we made when we got there, we booked the the plane from... Uh, Chiang Mai to Kosomoy with Air Asia, and Air Asia they don't have a direct flight there. So when you go online and you're trying to book, just make sure they don't pop up all together like we do, it does here in the states. So you need you need to go in every single uh, airline. So the one the Air Asia stops somewhere, then the bus drives you for about an hour then a boat will take you for another hour or two. So we made a big mistake. Instead of just an hour and 45-minute flight to Kosomoy, we end up spending about seven hours to get there. Yeah, we took a ferry. We had to take a flight and then a bus and then a ferry. So um, they said, well, it's a mistake, but it's also not a mistake because the other direct flight is a little more expensive, but we probably would have spent the money because we just don't like to be miserable, but the ferries aren't so bad actually, because you can walk around and you can look at the water and you have a breeze and stuff, but, um, it did take a while, so we probably would have done that differently. But, you know, when it's your first time, you don't always know the best thing to do. So And the best part, I mean, you, you I mean when, when, when you go with the Asian airline, I mean, Air Asia. Air Asia, they don't give you good food or maybe no food at all. 
And if you fly like we did after we noticed that uh, Air Bangkok, it's a boutique. Bangkok Airways. It's a boutique airline, so they always give you really nice meal. So basically, if you add in 300 baht or 400 baht to the ticket, it's worth it because you're eating in an airplane and you're saving a tons of time. So basically, just make sure when you're booking, if it tells you you got to stop and take a bus or stop and take the ferry, you always double check with the different airlines because in in, I mean, in Thailand, some airlines are not allowed to land in some airport, like the one, this one in uh, Kosamoy, there's none. So, I mean, Air, Air Asia, they, they, they don't land there. So, only one. So, basically, got to make sure that the planes are the right ones. And it's only one hour and a half instead of six. Yeah, so... Oh, the other, the restaurant, I just thought of the name of it. It's Rustic and Blue Farm Shop. That was a really cute place. We ate breakfast. And they had, like, green smoothies and all kinds of stuff. And that was in Chiang Mai. And, and sometimes, I mean, you just get homesick for, like, the kinds of food that you that you want. And even though you haven't been away that long or whatever. But I just like to find gluten-free places wherever I go. So that was a really cute place. And like I said, the other one was that blue, the diamond restaurant blue diamond breakfast club so those two were in chiang mai so when we got to Koh Samoy, finally after we took the ferry and all that stuff we had a lot of fun we love Koh Samoy. that's a big island apparently david beckham has a house there <laughs> we went on a, a tour and they told us that so we we had a we stayed in an airbnb there and it was really nice it was uh they gave us a free scooter, so we had to figure out how to ride a scooter, and that was an adventure because we'd never turned on a scooter before. Uh, that is not true, but well, Caitlin likes to say that. I don't know why, but yeah, why? For me, I'd never been on one, and I'm sure um, Nabil has a different story, but that was an adventure for me, <laughs> and so uh, we had a really nice dinner the first night at a beach uh, restaurant and that was really fun after that whole ferry thing to have a really nice restaurant on the beach with seafood and grilled fish and that was just exactly what I was was hoping for because that was our first time to get to the beach and so it kind of made it all worthwhile and um, we were just about a couple blocks away from our Airbnb and um, it was a nice Airbnb, but it was definitely a dark road to walk down, and there's a lot of scary sounds on a dark road in the middle of, you know, basically a tropical island, so you don't know what's coming at you, but we figured it out, and the next day, we looked around the island, went to the beach, and it was just beautiful. Uh, we were near a little village called Fisherman's Village. And we went over, we just went around the whole island on the scooter and we went to a waterfall and we went to the markets and it was just really nice. And we were next to this, we were um, really close to a beach called My Nam Beach and we stayed there and went swimming every day. We actually moved to a different resort called Florist Resort and that was really cute. It was on the beach. 
So we were there in <clears throat> Koh Samoy about five days, and we went all around. One night we went to a Turkish restaurant. We paid a little more for the food, of course, but we love Mediterranean food because we wrote a book called Mediterranean Paleo Cooking, and the Turkish restaurant had this guy who was singing like John Mayer songs, and that was really fun <laughs> and funny. And um, one day we took a snorkel tour over to this little island called Koh Tao, which is really famous, and that was really beautiful. We saw a lot of fish. And another day we went to uh, this famous island called Koh Phanang, and that's where they have the full moon party. So that wasn't going on when we were there, but it was really fun to just go to that island and look around a little bit. And we had a great uh, we had a great time there, and when we left Koh Samoy, we were on Bangkok Airways, and we then we flew over to Krabi. So, what did you like about Krabi? Krabi, what I liked about it is, uh, uh, it's really a touristy place. Super touristy, and and it's and it's really like everyone. It's a foreign, but the workers. You don't find people like walking around. It's like a big zoo of foreigners. Yeah. And there's a lot of islands around and everybody is selling something and a lot of tours, a lot of excursions and, and everything in between. So, but some of the, the beaches are amazing. The water, the water is so clear, you can swim, and literally the fish is swimming with you. They're not scared, I don't know why, but you're swimming and you're having fun there. And the food, it was a little bit, maybe a little more expensive than up in Chiang Mai. The only reason was it's an island, and the food has to be transported from the mainland to the island. So... Mm. Yeah, I mean, I we found this one really cute place that was uh, had a gluten free pasta, and um, so we I got like a seafood pasta, and that was really fun. And then uh, they had a gluten free tiramisu, <laughs> so that was fun. And they took credit cards, so in Thailand they have to you have to have cash uh, for everything, so that's kind of annoying. And um, but this place took credit cards, so that was awesome. So whenever we had, they took credit cards, we would tend to overspend, for sure. And uh, they had this... The next night, we found a place that had gluten-free pizza on... Um, it, it was a... You know, you, I just put it, this stuff into Google, and it would just pop up. It was amazing. And they had gluten-free pizza, and we ate that, and that was pretty fun. Sometimes you just get you just get a you get sick of Thai food three times a day, so you just want something different. So we tried that, and we got some great massages there, foot massages one night. And we stayed in a we kind of got an upgrade. We stayed in a really nice hotel there called Krabi La Playa, and um, we took a uh, oh we we got a room that had a walk out to the swimming pool and that was pretty fancy <laughs> so you could swim from your room just straight into the swimming pool and that was pretty awesome 
So that was worth it. And uh, We did a lot of excursion, Lagosa snorkeling. So you go snorkeling, you're swimming, you're, you know, hanging out with a bunch of, you know, tourists. And the water is so clear and people, they're so nice. It's just like, it, feel, it feels like they care about you. <laughs> it's not only you who cares, you care about yourself. So they take care of you, yet they take care of anything in between from 7 a.m. in the morning when they come and pick you up from the hotel all the way until dropping you back into the hotel maybe at 5 p.m. And you don't have to do everything because you can sit in the boat itself, but, you know, you're, you're, you're paid for that. So it's really, really nice and they're... You know, they explain things. They it's, it's just beyond comfortable when you got in the boat with them. Yeah, I mean, the main thing about Thailand is everything's so easy because you're about the one billionth tourist to ever go through there. So you're going to um, have everything done for you. And and they always, like, they they bow to you and they put their hands together and they always want you to have, like, such a great time. So I don't think it's possible to have a bad time. And you don't even have to figure anything out because it's almost everything's figured out for you. It's amazing. And we loved we loved Krabi even though it was busy and crazy, but there's just so much to do there. That's why there's so many tourists, because there's so many options and you can take you can rent your own little boat with a driver and get them to take you around. That's probably what I would do if I went again. I wouldn't take a tour. I would just hire kind of a driver and get him to take me around because there's so many little islands to go see. And we went to the beach island where uh, that movie was filmed of Leonardo DiCaprio, and it was really busy with tourists. So Oh, when you go to that island, I mean, if you go to this island, you got to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning and be there at 6.30. Otherwise... It's miserable. It is beyond... Uh, wasting of time. So basically what they do, they pick you up. If, if, you, if you leave at 7 o'clock, there's no way you are going to see it. It's like uh, Fifth Avenue in New York. So the entire beach is filled with just boats. <laughs> it was challenging to even get a picture without a million people in the picture. So yeah. that's called Maya Bay. So definitely make a different kind of plan too if you want to see that one. The water's beautiful, and there's all these cliffs, and the rocks come straight out of the water, and it's really special. Um, it's it's not like any place I've ever seen before. I mean, the whole area, it all kind of looks similar, so it's not like one place. And then we also had a, we went to a pretty island called Monkey Island, and that was really, that was much more peaceful. There was less people there, and we just got to swim, and um, another day, we went on a really cool Thing. I thought it was really fun because we hiked up thousands of steps. What was it, 1,200 steps? 1,229. <laughs> Straight That's up something. the side of this mountain to this overlook. And there's always a Buddha on top of every mountain. And we go, you go up there and look. And it's, I mean, it's very spiritual or, you know, the word is just, um, just, just calming and, you can just take a minute to enjoy your surroundings and just be appreciative that you're there and um, meditate on the top if you want. 
All right. I did not like that place. And if I start talking about it, I'll get mad again <laughs> because I don't think it's, it's, it's worth it to go all the way 1,200 steps. I mean, they're beyond steep and it's going up. Everyone who goes up there, they will sweat three times. But if you want to exercise, it's the best exercise you can get. There's monkeys inside. You can feed them. You can feed the monkeys. And, and, it's, and it, it's, it's literally like it's, it's a view when you got up there. About 12,000, I mean, 1,200 steps for me. Was a little too much. It was challenging because it was it was hot, and I'm not used to exercising in heat. So all the all that combined, but you know, it's the kind of thing you feel good once it's over with. And I, I mean, I think it's a good memory for me. I was just proud of us for finishing it, and it is a really pretty when you get up there. So I thought it was pretty cool, and that was in Krabi. And we also went to this mineral pool for uh, out. In, we went swimming in this mineral pool that was about a an hour out of town, and that was really pretty, too. And um, that was all on a one-day tour. So sometimes you just like to do tours because then you don't have to figure anything out because you get kind of tired of always figuring stuff out. So I like that. And then um, we really liked Krabi. And then we took a ferry over to Phuket, which is about, it was about a two-hour ferry. We didn't have to fly again. And Phuket is one of the most famous islands in Thailand. And we weren't really looking forward to it because we thought, oh, it's another another really busy tourist place. And we didn't know if we would even like it. Um, but what we what I did was I booked an Airbnb in a less busy area, and it was called Rawai Beach. And that's R-A-W-A-I. And that was actually a really good move because it was kind of more of the locals area. And uh, we stayed in an Airbnb that was really cute, another studio, and it was right on Rawai Beach, which is more like a kind of a port rather than a beach. I mean, it is a beach, but there's a lot of boats leaving out of there, so it's not really a place you would sit all day. But we found out that there was another beach only like a mile away, and it was called Nyharn Beach, and N-A-I-H-R-N. And that was actually when it turned out to be one of our most favorite places on the whole trip. It was the best beach you, you can go. It's so nice, so clean, not too many tourists. I mean, of course, the beach is filled, full with them, but they're not, you know, crowded with, you know, people or boats. There's no boats involved there. You go to the beach, you swim. There's a strip of restaurants. They're really nice and they cook really good food. So we, we, we just get up in the morning, go to the beach, and spend the entire day, day there. Yeah, we so, had our scooter. So the Airbnbs usually come with scooters. So just get not usually, no usually. A lot of <laughs> we got lucky. We got lucky with two Airbnbs, and both of them get scooters for us. The last one was much much better. It was really nice scooter. And um, so we really like that beach. And you can rent like a beach umbrella and a beach chair for like a dollar for the whole day and uh, you definitely need that because you cannot sit in the sun all day it is definitely gonna burn the crap out of you so sometimes we would just do uh just wear a t-shirt because we already got enough sun you're definitely going to get a lot of sun on that and um another thing we did in phuket was uh we we rode up to the 
to the Buddha statue, which is um, the big Buddha. Again, there's one in almost everywhere you go, but it's always a really pretty lookout. And um, we, we enjoyed riding up there. Just having your own scooter just makes such a difference. And it's just so fun. And we found another, we found a waterfall. We hiked to a waterfall one day. And we just really enjoyed all the scenery on Phuket. And of course, eating, 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 just eating every night. <laughs> and uh, we made breakfast. They gave us a, a little, um, ask for, you know, ask for your Airbnb. It had a little hot plate. And so we could cook our breakfast. And then we also asked for a blender. So I made like smoothies. I would freeze my green bananas. I love my green bananas. They help your digestion while you're traveling. And we would get boiled eggs. They had boiled eggs at the um, 7-Eleven. <laughs> or we would also go to the... That was the best boiled eggs yeah, you'll never Yeah, they really have. did have good boiled eggs. And they were really yellow yolks. So um, we would get the... And they were like 20 cents. So that was a really good portable breakfast if you were on the run. And I got addicted back to coffee there. But... And <laughs> that was really yummy. <laughs> Because it was so hot, so you can get a iced coffee, and um, that was just so good. But you had to ask them, make sure no sugar, because they will put so much sugar in it, and that um, condensed milk, they have condensed milk everywhere. But if you ask them for the coconut milk, they do have it in the box. You just have to be, you know, clear. It's just kind of like America, where you have to kind of ask for what you want, and even if they don't want to give it to you, but you have to be kind of high maintenance. But I'm used to that, so... Um, anything else you want to add about Phuket? I think is the best place we've been. I think is, I mean, all the places, they're nice anywhere you go. Just plan most of your trip ahead. Don't leave it to, oh, when we got there, we're going to figure it out. At least for the first two days, you got to have it planned. So it's easier for you to go around and stuff. Um, Going down to the islands is always good. In Bangkok is really expensive, but the other part of Thailand is really cheap. Food is just amazing. Uh, I mean, you cannot go wrong with any restaurant. Just make just make sure that by the airplanes, I really did not like what I did flying from Chiang Mai to uh, Koh Samui. Just make sure your flights will be easier. You're, you're in vacation, you don't want to spend time going from airplane to a boat to a bus. bus. It's just, it's just you know, waste of time and you'll get tired for no reason. So spending a couple of, you know, 20 or $30 more, it is worth it for your, you know, headache. Yeah, we really didn't plan ahead that much, uh, so... If you better planner than us, we only booked this trip about maybe a month ahead of time. And um, we had other trips before that, so we weren't the best at planning at all. But I think it all turned out pretty well, and we had a good time. And we didn't get sick or anything because we were eating really good, and we were taking care of ourselves with our oils. And um, Make sure you bring a lot of cash because there's no exchange fee on the cash. Uh, and that was helpful. And make sure there's no foreign exchange fee on your credit card. So call your credit card before you go. And make sure your credit card knows that you are going to um, be Overseas. in Thailand or else they're going to block your purchases. 
And, um, and then when you get to the airport, you can get a phone card, uh, a SIM card to stick in your phone. So make sure your phone is unlocked and you can buy a SIM card for like 20 bucks at the, um, 7-Eleven and at the airport and you can use that the whole time. So you can be online and you can, it will really help you have a better time because you can research where you're going and all that stuff. And, um, I you also can watch Facebook. <clears throat> well, yeah, I mean, it's not good if you want to unplug, but it really helps you to not get lost and also research gluten-free and healthy options. And um, I also downloaded the Kindle version of the or the Thailand book, and then you can read that when you're when you're offline too. So um, I definitely recommend Airbnbs if you want to cook for yourself. Sometimes it's not as easy to find them as others because the food is so cheap that a lot of people don't cook and the people take that as an opportunity to not cook but after a few days I really missed my kitchen and I really mm -hmm. wanted to cook so that's why we love the cooking classes because we got to get our hands in the in the kitchen and see how things are really made um, definitely watch out for them adding soy sauce and MSG it's uh, in everything so I, I like to stay away from the gluten-free in order to stay gluten-free Stay away from the Chinese-type dishes. There's a lot of overlap and influence. So stay away from the more Chinese-seeming dishes, like the stir-fries and stuff like that, because they're going to have more soy sauce. And stick with like things like green curry, yellow curry, um, red curry, red curry. <laughs> and, uh, and the um, pad thai is usually gluten-free, too, because it has the rice noodles. And if you stick with that, and then you're also going to save money. So those are some tips about Thailand. And if you have any questions, you can always just write me on my website at grassfedgirl.com, the contact form. And you can make sure and sign up for our newsletter at grassfedlist.com. And we really appreciate you listening today. And please leave us a review on iTunes if you're getting value out of this. And if not, don't leave us a review. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Thanks again for listening. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.